how you hit that free throw with no jumper. Take my people out of section eight. I stand behind my promise. Pray to God it took a leap of faith like Pac and Biggie Papa. Black Lives Matter over here. The truth they can't see yeah. too often. Get the kid facing trauma, stress, depression, marijuana, 50 cents a jack, heart disease from me now carry out a sweat, blood and tears. My cousin spent five years at this McDonald's, taking classes, studying social work, and hosting fillers pockets. Scarlet fever from industrial parks, pollution gave us asthma. I can't trust the news no more 'cause they put filters on their cameras. Six men tell it straight out here. Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, one leg inside the trench. My wrist came from corporate office. Uh, here's the truth. Might above the matters. I can't let them starve. Hood preacher. I can't let my city ever fall apart. Made mistakes before. I overcome the odds and took a charge. Built a damn pile. Took my youngest. Yeah, I'm with the six man. How you hit that free throw with no jumper? Take my people out of section eight. I stand behind my promise. Pray to God it took a leap of faith like Pac and Biggie. Papa, Black Lives Matter over here. The truth they can't see too often. Yeah. Yeah, we need change of perks. We always had it the worst. Those white folk policies left us cursed. We need retribution. Put ten bands inside my grandma purse. They set us back a thousand years and took our culture here as dirt. We all kings and queens, right? Just hit the six man for advice. My mind was stuck in the gutter. Spoken reason changed my life. Meditation kept us woke. Therapeutic vibes and quotes. They just killed Breonna Taylor. So it's hard to trust them folks. And I sent a prayer for, sent a prayer for. White collar crime through the stock market, mail fraud. When it came to food stamps, my brother. Never had a choice. Fast forward, he just copped a 20 acres. Yeah, I'm with the six man. How you hit that free throw with no jumper? Take my people out of section eight. I stand behind my promise. Pray to God it took a leap of faith like Pac and Biggie Papa. Black Lives Matter over here. The truth they can't see. Yeah, I'm with the six man. How you hit that free throw with no jumper? Take my people out of section eight. I stand behind my promise. Pray to God it took a leap of faith like Pac and Biggie Papa. Black Lives Matter over here. The truth they can't see too often. Yeah. You're listening to my daddy, the six man. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. You're tuned into Real Talk with the Six Man. Hashtag the Real Talk Podcast. And I am your host. The six man. Social media. Um, I've been watching social media for like the last two or three weeks. Um, and it seems like I've been seeing this. Um, I've been seeing this headline or or, or, or particular post for a couple of weeks now. <clears throat> and it made me kind of think about it. And when I, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I woke up today and was like, "Damn, let me let me see if I can figure this thing out, right?" And so, it's a post out there, and it pretty much is saying that you can know somebody all your life. You can have a friend for so many years. And then you end up finding out that they were never your friend. And I'm just like, I mean, I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say it's not true. Um, because it's probably, you know, some people that have been around you or moving around with you for a particular reason. Um, I think everybody 
kind of wants to get somewhat of a benefit, you know, from their friends. And I think that's a true statement. I'm not saying benefits in a bad way, but, you know, as people, we all have different talents. We all have different strengths. We all have different things that we're good at. And, you know, when you have a, a, a good group of friends around you, all of y'all bring different things to the table. And so I don't think that, um, you know, wanting to benefit from your friend is a bad thing. Uh, I remember I heard a saying, you know, let's use, let's, let's use the people around us in the best possible way. Meaning not use them like use them in a negative way, but use them in a way where it's going to help you become a better you and vice versa. You, you can help them become a better them. So when I say use, I mean use in that way. But it struck me a little bit when I've seen, I've seen a few folks post this, this, uh, this, uh, I don't want to, I mean, I don't know if it's a meme. I don't know if I should call it a meme. I'm not sure. But it's basically people saying that, you know, you can have, you know, a friend for so many years. And, you know, just to find out that they were never your friend. <clears throat> and to me, you know, I'm an Aquarius. So I tend to think and overthink some things sometimes. And that's just me. It's not something that I get upset about no more because it's just who I am. It's just the way my brain is set up. And so I've always moved a little bit differently than other people. And so... You know, I've always, in my mind, been somewhat of a, I don't want to say loner, but if you if if you saw me regularly, I was never with a bunch of people. I was never with a bunch of people. I was either by myself or I was with a handful of people, you know. And I think that for the most part growing up, you know, you, you got your... You got your people that you was cool with, meaning that they grew up around the way. Y'all went to school together, um, you know. And it's a difference between an associate and a friend. And I tell people all the time that I wish Facebook could um, remix their friend list and switch it up and put friends and associates because I would want I would I would really want to see how many people end up on that associate list versus that friend list. And so when I see people posting this thing about, you know, finding out years later that this person was never your friend, to me, honestly, to me, it should never take you that long. It shouldn't take you so many years to find out that this person was never your friend because they're always going to show you that they were never your friend. They were just an associate. And it's a big difference. And I'm not saying that, um, I'm not saying that, um, friendships don't go south and you ended up, you know, finding out that, you know, this person doesn't, you know, doesn't want to be your friend anymore or doesn't, um, 
you know, doesn't see things the way you see them or whatever the case may be. I'm not saying that that cannot happen. But what I'm saying in the case where this post that I'm saying about knowing somebody for so long and then finding out that they were never your friend, like to me, it it shouldn't it shouldn't take that long if if you're paying attention to your friends. Like if you're if you're really paying attention to your friends, it shouldn't take you long to realize that they they're not your friend. Because people move differently all the time based on what they got going on in their life. And, you know, I've heard it on, you know, similar occasions that, you know, you acting funny. What what does that even mean? I'm acting funny. What does that even mean? And so a lot of times when you hear that term, you acting funny, it just means that you growing up. It just means that you're no longer going to, you know, do some of the stupid shit that you've been doing with these same people. And sometimes that might be the point where you yourself identify that you don't need to be around these people no more. And it doesn't mean that you don't want to be their friend. It just means that y'all can't move around like y'all been moving around. And if you are truly my friend, you can understand that and still be my friend, even though we won't be doing the same shit no more, which is which is totally fine for me, right? But I still go back to the point where I feel like how does it, how, how do we miss that a certain individual or individuals aren't truly our friend? Like, how do we, how do we miss that? And I think that these people who have been posting this, um, this, 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 Again, I don't know if I can call it a meme or quote, but it seems like this has happened to them. They've finally realized that somebody, you know, that they considered a friend was never their friend based off, you know, whatever happened, whether it was a situation, a conversation you know, something that happened, whatever, but they, they're finding out now that this person after however many years has never been their friend. And I just feel like, you know, again, going back to friends and associates, like I have a lot of, I have, I have a lot of associates. And then for me, some of the associates that I do have, I consider some of them friends. Um, because we've built bonds over the years and we, you know, we we constantly communicate, whether it's once a month, you know, once a week, or if you if I post something on Facebook or if I post something online and they comment, you know, we may go in the inbox and hey, what's up? How you been? What's going on, man? Shit chilling, you know, whatever. And so, you know, for me. I do think that there's a bigger I do think that there is a bigger difference between associate and friend, but I do realize that some associates can turn into your friends oh, oh you know over time. But there is a big difference between being a friend and an associate. And I think in the beginning, you know, as we are, you know, being younger, we might not necessarily look at the difference 
you know, at being a friend or, or an associate because, you know, you got them, you got these terms floating around. That's my homie. That's my man. That's my girl. That's my folks. You know, we use all these different terms and which is cool because that's who we, that's how we identify who we fuck with, you know, but there's a bigger conversation to trying to figure out, you know, who's really your friend. Like, it, it it's a it's a it, it's like you I'm not saying that you have to um I'm not saying that you have to be on a lookout all the time but you do have to pay attention though you do have to pay attention because I can honestly say my core group of family members and friends and I always say this most of my friends, I consider them my family because we've been in so many different situations. We we talk about so much. We've been around each other so much. We've been connected for so many years that I consider them family. You know, even though they're not blood relatives, but I consider them family. And I mean, I've I've seen, you know, instances where just because, you know, we're related by blood don't mean we family. And I, I've seen numerous examples of that. And then I've seen numerous examples of friends being there for an individual more than that person's family. And again, I just look at it like you got to pay attention to your circle. You got to pay attention to the people around you. I always hear a lot of successful people talk about that circle, people that are around them. And I think that for the most part, I kind of, I kind of always been that way. Like I know when I was younger, um, you know, I, I, I wanted to hang out with, you know, some of the guys who were older than me, you know, Closer to my brother, closer to my brother's age, um, because I felt like I've always been in my mind a little older because I I was I was involved with a lot of shit at a young age. You know, um, I was doing a lot of shit at fifteen that the average fifteen year old you know, wasn't involved in, wasn't, wasn't into. Um, and so I think at that time, you know, I just kind of wanted to be with the older dudes, man, because I felt like I was an older dude. But I do feel like as the years went on and as I've um, kind of went through a few situations, um, I, I've seen, you know, my brother, uh, my man L, you know, people close to me go through some shit with some people, and it 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 allows you to put your antennas up and say, okay, let me start really looking at shit to see what's really going on. And you know, because I I've I've seen I've seen I've seen jokers who we all consider friends do some sucker shit 
and you look at him like, what the fuck was this nigga thinking when he did that? And, you know, it, it was a, it's a particular situation that I'm thinking about in my mind where a dude stole something from my brother. And my brother thought it was me. <laughs> and when we when we when we found out who it was, it was it was like what the fuck? It was it 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 fucked it fucked everybody up. Cause it was like, what the fuck? And then Slim wasn't coming around no more. I was like, damn, for real? And so I think that at that point, I was really starting to pay attention more of who I was around. And and this wasn't even my situation. This was a situation that my brother was dealing with. But I think this situation for me stands out because it made me pay attention more to the people that was around me and the people that I would consider or call a friend because this person was a friend of my brother's like a friend this nigga come to the house we go out I mean this is this is this is a homie and when this happened it it it, it opened my eyes like what the fuck okay and so I think that um there was a situation where I, I, I saw this guy and I think the fact that we did consider him a friend um, and the fact that my brother kind of came at me and asked me about what was stolen, you know, pissed me off because it's like, why the fuck would I steal from you? And when I saw this guy, I think all of those emotions kind of got to me. And long story short, when I saw him, I put some work in. And I remember being in front of the barbershop. And I remember Jay like, come on, Kevin, he had enough, he had enough, come on. And it, it was, I was just, I was just upset that, that this dude had the audacity to do the shit that he did, knowing how close we were. And so it I mean back then it was a back then it was a lot of motherfuckers, you know, that that we that we were cool with that we considered friends, right? Um and you know, back in the day, you know, my brother and I, you know, we had the the pleasure um to live in a house um pretty much by ourselves. And my grandmother, you know, God rest her soul. She lived in the basement, so it was all love. Like, everybody respected my grandmother when she came upstairs to get, you know, something out the big freezer or, you know, it was all, what's up, grandma? What's up, grandma? So it was all love. And so I think that for the most part, for the most part, um, you know, I think a lot of the respect that we that we were shown <clears throat> came from my the the respect that you know people had for my grandmother and the respect that their elders taught them to have respect you know for elders and and it was cool <clears throat> so it was just like I say it was just so much running through my mind when I seen Slim 
it was like, what the fuck, Snip? Like, you did that? You know? And so, um, the, the, the funny, not, I'm not going to say funny, but the, the, I don't want to call it weird because Slim has always been cool. So I would say the thing of it is we still cool even after that so many years later, right? Now, he may understand that we will probably never be as close as we were back then, but we still cool. Because as you grow up, you know, you let shit die. You know, we shouldn't walk around holding on to shit for so many different years. And I would say for the most part, this dude still, you know, if I post a picture of my daughter, he'll comment. You know, if I post something, he'll, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll uh, hit the like button. Um, you know, um, he, he's been, um, you know, in support of, you know, everything that I've been doing. So it's not a, it's not a thing where I hate this nigga, you know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah, you you, you 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 can you can only be, you know, um, you can only be so close to me now, you know what I'm saying? And so when I see people posting this, you know, you can know somebody for so many years and ended up finding out they're not your friend. I'm like, well, from the beginning. You know, some people that, you know, we were around growing up, I mean, they were they were never our friends, like ever. They just was around us because of what we brung to the table for them, if, if that makes sense. Like, some people want to be around people who bring something to the table for them, whatever that may be, whether it's fun, whether it's females, whether it's drugs, whether it's, you know, motherfucker might have a car, you can ride around with them, um, you know, allowing you to get away from your fucked up um, upbringing, you know, where you live. I mean, it, it's, it could be so many different things. And I know growing up for me, I've seen it all. Like I've seen dudes hang around me for all of that. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because some of the dudes that I hung with, you know, again, were my friends, period. I mean, and we still friends. I mean, when I told everybody that I was um, making the decision um, to move to Florida and we had um, the little, I guess you want to say, going away party up at TAP, um, up, up, up uh, the National Harbor, <clears throat> there was no surprise for me of the people who showed up. I mean, I did invite people, you know, literally told people to come. And then when people found out about it, they came. And I mean, it's no, it's no, um, you know, no big deal if I didn't invite you and you still came. If you was with the right people, then you good. So, I wasn't surprised at the amount of people who showed up. And then I wasn't surprised at the people who showed up because a lot of the people who showed up were the people who have been in my life for the last 
25 plus years. And I mean, I'm, and I'm talking about excluding like Larry, my brother, um, you know, Jermaine. I mean, the, the, the dudes that I grew up on six in and around sixth street out, you know, I knew they was going to be there. You know, my men, hood, T-man, cool, uh, you know, bingo, Bob, you know, GP, like I knew certain people were going to be there, period. So it was no surprise to me. Now, you know, when the lady showed up, my sister, of course, um, her wife, Kelly, like I, I wasn't surprised at that. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't surprised that Amechi and her sister was there. I wasn't surprised at that because Amechi and her sister, we, we, we've grown to have a relationship from Dale State. Even though we all was from home, that's what we, you know, kind of, that's how we kind of define ourselves when we, when we in Delaware, you from home. <laughs> but it wasn't a surprise to me that she was there, you know, because Amechi has always been cool. Her sister has always been cool. Even though, um, neat for a minute, I thought she went to Dell State. She was like, nah, Kevin, I, don't go, I, I ain't never go to Dell State. I was like, man, you was up there so much. Shit, I thought you went to Dell State. <laughs> But it, it wasn't it wasn't no surprise. And I mean, even to the people that I did invite that didn't that didn't show up, I wasn't I didn't feel no type of way. I mean, because I know we all got schedules. We all got shit that we got going on. Um, you know, one of the things that I am learning is that, you know, people tend to think that people post their whole life on social media. They don't, man. They don't. People, you know, not all people, not everybody. Everybody does not post every single fucking thing that they got going on on social media. Social media is for entertainment, marketing purposes only. And I'll say that again. Social media is for entertainment and marketing purposes only. It's free marketing. I mean, if you have a business and you have a website that you pay for, cool. But if you're looking to start up, and you got a business and you and you got to find a way to market yourself. Facebook, Twitter, even though I'm not on Twitter that much, a few of my a few of my members on my admin team would tell me that I need to play Twitter a little bit more harder, which I just don't cuz I just you know, they say that's where you get seen. That's fine. I remember Country Wayne was talking about that. Country Wayne was saying how people was telling him he need to play Twitter. He was so he was so familiar with Facebook and so used to posting on Facebook that he didn't switch up. He stayed on Facebook, and look at him now. Like this nigga is getting paid, and I'm I'm I've been following him for a while. And to know that he was as young as he is, I was like, damn. But Slim is getting it though. Slim is getting it. Shout out to uh, Country Wayne, man. Slim is getting it. But I don't play Twitter as much. But I know for a fact that if you got a business. And you want to market yourself for whatever it is you're doing, man. You you get a Facebook page and get it in, and that's you know that's like having a free website. So I understand that Facebook, you know, is that um, that place where you know you haven't seen somebody in some years. Like I got a lot of people on my friends list, you know, that I know them through somebody or I know them directly. 
or I worked with him, or I went to college with him, or I went to elementary school with him. We grew up together, knowing from junior high school, high school, so on and so on. I mean, I know niggas that's on my friend list that I just met in the past, you know, couple years. You know, I met this dude um, at a church, and we were both there to kind of talk about our experiences being locked up. And... You know, just when he spoke, I could tell he was from around the way, you know, either Maryland, D.C., North, you know, you, you could tell that he was from around the way. And I remember when I spoke, after I spoke, he, he walked up on me. He was like, man, you, you got a podcast? I was like, yeah. He said, man, I'm trying to do that myself. I was like, man, just hit me. I'll show you how I did mine. All free. He was like, for real? I said, yeah, I'm on I'm on um, Apple. I'm on Spotify. I mean, I'm on like nine different platforms. He was like, all right, bet. So we hooked up. And he gave me his number and we 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 became cool. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? I mean, would I consider him a friend? No, I wouldn't consider him a friend because I just met him. I don't really know him. But would I consider him an associate, meaning that if I saw him in the street, I dab him up, we can get a drink, we hang out? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I, I thought Tuki was a cool motherfucker when I first met him. And then when he told me his story. And then he, you know, he 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 uh presented to, you know, be a guest on the show. And I got to hear his background and how many years he did in jail and what he, and compared to what he's doing now. Yeah, I could I consider him a cool motherfucker. And he out here really doing his thing. And I want to say that Tuki did 29 years in jail. And, and, you know, part of his story was like telling, like, damn, okay, Slim. So you know, I do think that there is a difference between, you know, a person, you considering a person a friend versus an associate. And then some people, you know, that we've hung around and we've probably done it. Like we've, I know I've done it. I know I've hung around certain people just because of what they brought to the table for me. I'm not going to sit here and lie about that. I mean, let's, if we're going to be, if we're going to be honest, if we're going to be adults, and we're going to keep it 100, there have been some people that we hung around and we necessarily didn't consider them a friend, but we hung around with them because of what they could do. Because they can get you in the club for free. Because they can get you free drinks. Because you can you can smoke weed around them for free. Like, it, you know, or, or, or they had a nice car and you can ride around with them and, and, and pull up and, and look a certain type of way. You know what I'm saying? Like, But at the end of the day, if this nigga really needed something from you, like you, 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 nah, I ain't got a slam or, you know what I'm saying? Like we've all done it. We've all done it. So that's why I say when I see some of these people out here typing this shit, I'm like, is it for entertainment purposes only? Or is they just really finding out somebody in their motherfucking circle wasn't never supposed to be in a circle? And a lot of times we control that circle. Like we control the circle of people that we are around. We control that. Nobody else controls that but us. So if you found out that a motherfucker was in your circle and you considered them a friend, but then years later you find out that they weren't, I can't say that it's your fault, but goddamn. I mean, you got to pay attention to who the fuck you around. And I thought it was just... You know, I thought it was humorous that I was saying it more than once. Like, I went on Facebook one day, I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. 
went on Facebook again. I saw it again. Oh, okay. And I know how, you know, things catch on. You know, you, you go on Facebook, somebody posted, then somebody else posted, somebody else posted, somebody else posted. But it was the people who were posting it. And I know these people in particular. And I was just like, oh, okay. So they finding out somebody in their group wasn't they from okay. I I I can hear I can see that. But I do feel like, you know, that responsibility is solely on us. Identifying who is a friend and identifying who's not. You know what I'm saying? Um it's 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 one thing to have people around you and you want them around you for a particular reason, but it's another thing having a motherfucker around you and 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 just not knowing that this motherfucker's around you for a certain reason. And so again, I you know, I, that one particular situation that I spoke about allowed me to start paying attention to people that I was around. Like even when I was in high school, both Roosevelt and Baloo. I mean, shit, we can go back to Robo because, you know, everybody was like, didn't you go to Friendship? Nah. Didn't you go to Heart? Uh, nah. Where the fuck you go? I went to Robo Junior High School. They was like, what? Yeah. My mother felt like I was getting in too much trouble on the south side. My father lived in northwest off Tuckerman. And I had to go to Robo Junior High School for two years. <clears throat> So, um, and I think the last year I was there was the year that they closed the school when I went to, when I, the year I went to Rose. But, you know, I've grown to build relationships with people uptown that I had never met before because I was the only motherfucker. I ain't going to say the only, but I was one of very few from the South Side going to this junior high school. And of course, you know, I had to, you know, work my way, you know, become likable, you know, you know, gain respect. Um, I never forget when I first got um to Rebo, I was in um seven three oh three, Miss Saunders class. And Toby Lee, Kennedy Street. <laughs> this nigga Toby gave me hell, man. Rest in peace, Toby. This nigga gave me hell, man. But we ended up becoming friends. Like, we, me and Toby ended up becoming friends, man. You know, my man Juan. Deuce, deuce. You know, I remember Juan <clears throat> came to a party on the south side. And I told a few of the other homies that I was cool with, you know, that I was having a party. Them niggas ain't come. But Juan was like, man, I'm going to be all right. Yeah, nigga, you going to be good. You with me. You good, Slim. And we had a party. And I'm talking about this nigga Juan talked about this party. For at least two weeks. <laughs> For at least two weeks. And even though I don't see a lot of people as much, um, you know, as I would probably like to, um, but I still consider them friends. We, I mean, I don't talk to Juan often, but if I see Juan, I'm dabbing Slim up. That's my man. I fucks with Juan. I mean, I would consider Juan a friend. You know, if I... If I run into, you know, Dara, you know, Gibson. If I run into Dara, I see her, hug her. What's up, babe? You know, I consider her a friend. So, 
from junior high school on up to high school, Roosevelt and um Baloo, man. It's 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 a lot of friendships there for me. It's a lot of associates there for me. Both both cases. You know what I'm saying? And I show love both ways. I mean, it's been times where, you know, I've been asked, hey man, you fuck with him? Yeah, that's my man. I mean, that's your man, or that's or that's just, nah, that's my man, Slim. That's my them my folks. Oh I, oh I. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I've I've I mean I've actually I've actually um <laughs> I've actually killed beefs based on a motherfucker knowing me or not. And I'm not trying to say I'm Nino Brown or no shit like that, but I'm just being honest. Like, I remember one time a motherfucker walked up on me like, yeah, man, whoop de whoop, man, you know this nigga? Yeah, that's my man. And now that's your man, or you or you just fuck with the nigga. Nah, that's my man. That's my homie, Slim. Oh, uh, I'm saying whoop de whoop de whoop. Nah, well, you know, you got issue with him, you got issue with me, Slim. That, I mean, straight like that. Oh, for real? Hey, I'm just letting you know. Something happened to him. I found out it was it was it was y'all. We got action. Period the end. Oh, alright, yeah, and then you know, shit is, shit go how it go. You know, either, either, either they jump out there or they don't. But I know a few times, niggas wanted to jump, found out that that was my man. They didn't jump, and that's just and that just goes off, you know, respect, and you know, knowledge of who you are and what you're capable of, and that's it. And that that ain't really a whole bunch of talk about, you know what I'm saying? Because on the South Side, niggas know how we go. Niggas know what it is. Ain't a whole bunch of talking. If you bought that life, let's get it. If not, stop playing because you're going to get yourself hurt. And so it, it, it just, I don't know. I just, it, it just, it just kind of, I don't know, man. It, it just bothered me a little bit. Not bothered me, but just made me wonder, like, how can people have people around them and not necessarily... Um, know or understand that these people was never for them. Like, I don't get it. Like, you know, my men that 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 I consider my family, that who are my friends, um, my family, um, it's a big difference, right? Because some people will say, Oh no, that's my family. Oh no, that's my that's my friend. Nah, for me, um, the bigger difference for me is I'm select. I'm I'm very select in the people who I consider a friend, right? And then again, a lot of the friends that I have, I consider them family because we deep, we deep as shit, and we talking about again twenty five plus years in. Nights at the fucking Metro Club, nights going to see Northeast Junkyard back. Um. <laughs> the day uh we down uh was it Anacostia Pop? I remember T Man had just got his Cadillac, nigga had the 22 Giovannis and shit, and it's me, him, and Hood. We slide down Anacostia Pop for like two seconds. I'm talking about as soon as we pull in, Pop Police, whoop whoop, because of uh, Tony Man Tent. And so I got the hammer in the car under. Under the under the seat, I got the bottle near my leg. Um, the officer come to hood side of the car. 
I can't remember fully the conversation, but all I do remember is he asked us, had we been drinking or whatever, we got any alcohol in the car or whatever. And I remember back then we was drinking white back then because I, I, I think um, uh, Hood had cranberry in his, in his cup with his drink. And I remember the officer was like, y'all been drinking? Hood was like, nah, and took the cup out <laughs> the window and, and like stressed it out to the police officer. It was like, nah, you want to taste it? <laughs> Almost got us locked the fuck up, Joe. And so those are the, the, the memories that I got with these niggas that, I mean, we've been through so much up and down. I mean, I, don't, I mean, niggas done seen niggas up, niggas done seen niggas down, niggas done seen niggas just, you know, do so much shit. And, and it's just like, man, you know, it's a bond that would never break, you know, never break. So I, I, I have, I have... In my mind, I think that you have got to be able to identify these people early on so you don't have to, you know, deal with no bullshit later on, if that makes sense. Because we too old to be walking around and just finding, oh, yeah, that nigga ain't there fucking me. What, nigga? That nigga ain't never fuck with you. Fuck you talking about? So it's just, it just made me think about, like, um, you know, perception and, and just, you know, how much... You know, are we paying attention? And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who are paying attention. But then for those that aren't, got to pay attention, man. Got to pay attention who around you. Got to pay attention um, of why people are around you. Got to pay attention. Just just got to pay attention, period. Just got to pay attention, period, man. Because it's, it's, it's rough out here in these streets, man. It's fucked up, man. You know? And so I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate for the core group of family members and friends that I have in my life, I'm very fortunate, you know, to still have them. And again, like I say, we don't see each other all the time. We we probably don't talk every day, but it's and it is nothing. It's nothing. Like, you know, when when I went home um a couple weekends ago, you know, my man picked me up from the airport. My other man texted me like, you home? I said, yeah, T picked me up. We had the house and we chopped it up at my house. To about three in the morning, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just what it is, man. I mean, it's a friendship and a bond that would never fucking be broken, man. I remember we went to um, Mexico, you know, for my manhood wedding. I mean, it was one of the best fucking couple of days I've ever had in my life. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, motherfuckers come. Hey, what's up, Slim? What's good? And it's not like we home. We out the country. We at the pool. We at the bar. We on the beach. We we chilling. It's a different vibe. Um. I remember I posted the picture that we took, all of us. We had a, uh, they had an all white, like, like kind of dinner on the beach. Everybody had to wear all white. I remember I posted it online. I was like, damn, what the fuck you was at, Slim? I saw we was in Mexico. Like, that's a dope picture. Because it was like, I want to say it was like 10 or 15 of us in the picture. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a cranking picture because everybody had on all white. But, you know, to me, I just feel like, again, you have to pay attention to, you know, situations and people in the situations. You know, because people will show you what they're about. And they will allow you to determine whether they're your friend or not. And I don't think it should have to take, you know, a lifetime to realize that these motherfuckers is not your friend for real in real life. So, you know, I would just say pay attention and, um, you know, just just. I don't know, just, you know, move in a way where, you know, everybody don't know your business. And that way, 
you know, the people who are in the know, they know. Like I see that. I've been saying that lady. If you know, you know. Yeah. If if you if they know, they know. If they don't, they don't. And the motherfuckers that's in the know, them the motherfuckers that you know that you them them your folks. And the motherfuckers that don't know, clearly are the motherfuckers that don't need to know your business like that. So I think that there's a um, <clears throat> a very big barrier for perception that motherfuckers need to pay attention to. You know who the fuck. Who the fuck is around you and why? Like, why are these motherfuckers around you? Why are you fucking with them? Why are they fucking with you? You know what I'm saying? It has to be that now, especially this day and age. You know, um, in in your 40s, 50s, yeah, you got to be like, nigga, what's, what's up with this nigga? Who is this? Because you just never know. You know what I'm saying? You just never know. And there's some shysty, shaky motherfuckers out here. And, and them, them the type of people I definitely... Don't ever want to be around ever, but you know that's why you, you know, you keep yourself protected, and you you have serious conversations, you know, to make sure, you know, with people around you. Hey, you 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 know this nigga, you fuck with this nigga. Oh yes, my man, he woo woo. Oh I bet he just seemed a little. Oh nah, he woo. Oh I bet. I mean, it is what it is. You know, I just recently <clears throat> had a, I want to say, falling out with an associate. Who considered himself a friend, and he was cool, but he just he went left, and I had to go right, and that's all I'm ready to say about that. You know, it, it it was it was too extreme. It was a lot going on too quick. I was like, man, let me just go right, and that's it. And sometimes that's just how it needs to be. It don't have to be no big blow up. It just need it just mean you you recognize the shit, and then you go right, and that's it. So. That's it, man. I just wanted to talk to y'all about that real fast, man, about, you know, just paying attention to who you got around you, man, and who you consider a friend and, you know, who, and, and, and the difference between a friend and associate, man. But I'm going to come back in a few minutes, man. I got some final thoughts and just wanted to, um, you know, thank y'all for, you know, continuing to support, man. And uh, season five, man, it's here, man. I got some shit coming and uh, I hope y'all hope y'all can dig it, man. I'll be right back with a final thought. Well, 22-year-old Gabby Petito's death has now ignited new interest in finding other missing persons. Her disappearance has actually mobilized people online hunting for clues to focus on other unsolved cases, including those of minorities that don't necessarily garner as much national attention. T.J. Holmes has more for us. Her story has dominated news headlines and mobilized a legion of social media users. Hashtag find Gabby Petito gaining over 700 million views on TikTok. Um, I'm hoping this can help someone identify him. Many of them now internet sleuths, exchanging theories as well as sharing info about possible sightings and clues. Psychologically, people just felt very close to her because of social media. But here's the despairing truth. Gabby Petito is one of so many reported missing each year. At the end of 2020, the FBI had over 89,000 active missing persons cases. 45% of those cases, people of color. Petito's story has renewed debate about which cases get attention and the media's seeming infatuation with missing white women. But her case also sparked a call to action to bring others home like Daniel Robinson, a 24-year-old geologist who went missing in the desert outside Buckeye, Arizona in late June. His Jeep was found mangled July 19th, about four miles from where he was last seen. 
The Buckeye Police Department says in a statement, investigators are utilizing every resource possible to locate him, including assistance from partner agencies and information provided by the public. His family has also organized searches in the desert heat. I thank God for all the volunteers who left their houses every morning uh, in the mornings and, and spent out, uh, time out there in the desert. There's also Maya Miliete and Jelani Day. Miliete, a mother of three, has been missing for over nine months. The 39-year-old was last seen at her family home in Chula Vista, California. Day, a 25-year-old graduate student at Illinois State University, was last seen August 24th in Bloomington, Illinois. His car was discovered two days later, but no signs of Day. Jelani is, um, he's a sweetheart. I shouldn't have to beg. I shouldn't have to plead. I shouldn't have to feel that <laughs> there is a racial disparity. I shouldn't have to feel any about that. I want these people that have these resources to realize this could, this could happen to them. That go into a decision to put a story in the headlines, to include it in a newscast. And look, the Petito story uh, absolutely did go viral for a lot of reasons. And you have to admit, there was so much video, frankly, of her. She said it's such an online presence that that part of the story certainly was a part of it becoming viral. And, and people who are criticizing media coverage are not trying to take away from the newsworthiness of her story or take anything away from the Petito family. They just want to argue as well, Kira that there are so many others, uh, so many other families out there still waiting for word and also waiting for the same kind of attention possibly to their stories for their loved ones as well. TJ, thanks so much. We're going to continue this conversation. You may remember the late PBS anchor Gwen Ifill famously dubbed it missing white woman syndrome, the historic tendency for national attention to just gloss over cases of missing people of color. Joining us to discuss, op-ed columnist Elsie Granderson, also associate professor at Brandeis University, Leah Wright, Rigor, both ABC News contributors. Leah, let's start with you. And, um, you know, TJ points out in his piece that 45% of active missing persons cases are people of color. Let's start there. Why? Well, I think there are a lot of reasons for this. Um, you know, mainly one of the things that we see is that in these cases, the individuals who are, you know, who, who go unnoticed by the system are often poor or working class uh, black women who get overlooked. And they're overlooked for a number of reasons. One, there is the, an, an inability, I think, by larger populations to empathize with the, uh, with the situation or the, the experience of these often missing young black people, uh, particularly black women. But there's also an emphasis from institutions and structures surrounding this that places kind of the emphasis on personal responsibility. So if a black girl goes missing, it's not about us engaging in public safety or you know, surrounding institutions being on the lookout for this. Instead, the assumption is that she must be missing because she ran away. She's missing because of her own fault, right? It's her own fault that she, she's on the run. So we don't have the same kind of empathy. We don't, have the, we don't offer the same kind of treatment for these individuals. And we certainly don't offer the same kind of attention and care that we offer, through, uh, that we offer to other populations. And LZ picking up on that, according to the Black and Missing Foundation, the fact that there's a foundation, it's called the Black and Missing Foundation, speaks volumes about where we are in this. They say that when minority children are reported missing, the cases are often treated as runaways. So 
let's talk about power in, in law enforcement and media. How is that distorted here? Uh, what do you see in the way law enforcement addresses cases when uh, children of color and adults of color are missing and the media as well? Well, you know, there are a lot of things at play in terms of how this is being processed. But I think the first and foremost is that if you just think historically about the way that people of color, color have been written about, portrayed, uh, reported, it, it's a pretty clear narrative that has been set over the decades where you're either a criminal or somehow, as your, as your guest was just mentioning, there's a failure in personal responsibility. In other words, it's not the system or it's not some outside uh, influence that has led you to predicament that you're in, but it's a failure on your own individual self. So once you begin to frame a conversation through that lens and you get to some of the other aspects of the, of the question you're talking about, Terry, such as they are, they're missing, why aren't people looking for them? Well, it's really easy to see how people have a lack of empathy for the situation because when they see them, they don't see them as possibly being victims, whereas somehow they are contributors to the predicament that they're in. I will also add that this overall conversation that we're having, both right now as well as other networks and newspapers are having, is not really an indictment on whiteness in America or women in America or white women in America. It is an observation supported by data done by studies in both media as well as sociological spaces that has shown there is a disparity that is real. Gwen Ifill, my friend and mentor, the great late Gwen Ifill coined a phrase, but she didn't make up the reality. White, missing white women's syndrome is something that has been proven. And what that does is just reiterates whose life is worth protecting, who can be seen as a vulnerable individual and who is being seen as someone who's not being responsible for their own lives. Yeah, I'm back, y'all. So I hope y'all had um, an <clears throat> opportunity to listen to some of um, that snippet that I just played, um, courtesy of ABC News Live. <clears throat> and to me, you know, the disparity is real. Very real. I mean, I'm not saying that um, this young lady, um, Gabby Patillo, um, shouldn't have been looked for. I'm not saying that, you know, um, the news coverage that she got, it shouldn't have been that way. I mean, anybody that you, um, any family member, anybody that you value, if they're missing, you want to find them. <clears throat> but it just, you know, when I heard of the story, I was like, huh? And then I started kind of getting into it a little bit because there was a lot of people talking about the boyfriend. They went on vacation. She she didn't come back. He did. I was like, what? They're not questioning him? Nah. Him and his family talking about he don't want to talk. He don't want to answer questions. I was like, what? So it was, it was just baffling to me. And then when I saw um, the Jelani Day um, story and that he was missing, I was like, dang, that's a brother. And I mean, and it was just... You could just tell that, um, you know, the coverage and, you know, just how it was being presented, it wasn't the same at all. And then so I started looking into, you know, this uh, missing white girl syndrome. And it's and it's real. Like like the guy just mentioned, it's real. Like it, it's a real thing. And it's so many people of color 
that I'm missing on a regular basis. I mean, it was baffling to me. I mean, it was like when I started reading what the statistics were, I was like, what? <clears throat> so it's, I mean, <clears throat> for me, it's, it's, it's a little crazy to know that it's that many minority African-American people missing. And, you know, it doesn't get the same type of coverage as it would if it was a white girl or a white woman. It's, it's, it's baffling to me. I mean, it's not baffling. <clears throat> it's not baffling in a way where I'm surprised. It's just baffling in a way where we, we deal with so much um, in society today that's um, racially motivated that to hear this, it just it's just another it's just another thing that you look at and be like, damn. Like the world that we live in today is fucked up. Like it's 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 fucked up, man. You know, and so, you know, again, you know, with people that we interact with, people that we are around, um, you know, situations that we may put ourselves in, <clears throat> I always say we gotta be careful and be safe, regardless. Um, and I would never um, use the language of saying, "Well, that person got them in, and that person got them involved with that, or they got themselves involved with why they missing." Or you know, I would never do that, white or black, because <clears throat> we just don't know the full story. And so it just, it's just sad to hear that um, that there is a reality and the the disparity of the number of. African Americans that are, are that are missing, and then the type of coverage that they get, and the type of resources that they get to see if they can find them. I mean, when I saw that um, that they found um, Jelani Day's body in the Illinois River, and looked up his, you know, his past, I was just like, wow, like what happened? And it's like, you know, like like his mother said, we we don't know what happened. And like, why not? This man was a this man was a a, a a graduate man of a college. It's like this man got accolades. Like, what's what's going on? Like, like what's really good out here? So it just makes you think, like, damn, like, it's. I mean, we. I mean, we as black people really got it bad, man. We really got it bad, and so I think that's you know one of the things where I say. Again, we got to pay attention to who we're around. We got to pay attention to our circle. And we just got to pay attention, you know, to our surroundings in, in general, just in general. I mean, with COVID still being, you know, out here and people still getting sick. I mean, we, we just have to be, it's fucked up that we got to be on guard so much. It's fucked up that we got to endure so much, but it just is what it is. I mean, I think it's fucked up, but it is what it is. But I just wanted to give y'all that, um, you know, just to give you something to think about, man, because that's it's not something that I thought about regularly. It wasn't something that even um, I paid attention to. I'm not going to lie about that. But once I heard it and I saw the case between um, Gabby and then Jelani, I was just like, wow, like this is crazy. And his mother, I mean, she said it all, man. Like, she wanted the same resources that, you know, that this white girl got. And, you know, for him to come up um, dead, it, it was just like, wow. 
And so, I don't know. It just is it's, it's just hard to kind of fathom the shit that we got to go through. Like, is is I mean, I heard Marlon Wayne say that um he loves being black. Like we we own the power to what we do, and and, and I I do believe that. I do believe that we do own the power, but we got to figure out how to harness that power and collectively, you know, um, get together and allow all of those, you know, talents to come together so we can, you know, get back on top, man. Because this, where we at today is crazy. It's really, 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 really crazy, man. So just want to leave you out on that final thought, man. Um, give you something to think about, man, and um, hope that y'all just being safe. Um, wearing your mask if you need to, <clears throat> and just protecting yourself. Check on your loved ones, your family and friends, and um, you know, giving flowers when when you can while people still here, because there's a lot of people that's gone. Um, the the phrase "tomorrow's not promised." Is, is is getting real to a lot of people. Um, getting re really real because I hear a lot of people talking about that lately. And um, just got to just gotta be safe. Just got to be safe, man. So for me, to y'all, I love you. I thank you for all the support. Continue to watch out for season five, man. It's going to be fire. And make sure y'all be safe out there, man. For sure. Six man. Out. Be better than yesterday. I gotta be better than yesterday. No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday. I gotta be better than yesterday. I gotta be better. Hope you collecting them. The voice of the people, we all gon' get heard. This real spill never clear what I say. Always tuned in, never tuned out. Gotta stay walking, be a sleepwalker. Gotta stand up, got too many stand out. Stay ready, like the six man of the year. We are now. We, we, we are now. Be better than yesterday. I gotta be better than yesterday. No matter if I'm playing six man or star, I'm better than yesterday. Six man.